When injury takes you out of the game, it's time for your team to step up. At Alina Health Orthopedics, you'll get expert care backed by a whole health system of providers. With records, test results, and care team, you are always close to the care you need. Schedule now at alinahealth.org slash ortho. everybody and welcome back to sound of the loons presented by alina health orthopedics and you talk about a major role reversal here i've been practicing that intro now for like the last half hour just to make sure that i could do it justice because now i get to say it and callum williams is on the other end getting to listen to me do the intro so welcome back cal thanks for joining me today you and i were just sort of reminiscing on on some minnesota stuff some apple stuff some broadcasting stuff but now we should probably hit the record button actually tell people what we're talking about. Yeah, we should actually start talking about some football, shouldn't we? Because we could have uh, very easily just sat and talked for a few hours there. And I felt really sorry for our expert button presser, Grace Diaz, and they're just having to listen to us. Uh, so, yeah, we should probably get this thing going, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because I don't even know how, how many weeks in we're at now. I mean, I've been trying to, like, count and keep track of games. And you and I were just saying, like, oh, what, where are you this weekend? And it's like, where am I? What, what city am I at? What time zone am mm. I in? Um, and it's crazy because we're only, I think part of it is wherever we go, we're only there for like 36 hours, but it is a, a different animal. And and not only just the soccer side of it and not only the, uh, you know, the on the field stuff, but just the life side of it. You know, you had moved mm -hmm. to New York City, you had a brand new little baby girl, which is awesome and phenomenal. Um, and then on top of it, we get this amazing Apple deal and MLS announcement and we get our schedules and we're like off to the races. So I just want to kind of recap you know what what it's been what has it been like for you thus far through week whatever we're in six <laughs> is that what it is week six i, can't I think is i think we, i think it's week six coming up here it, it's, it's, it's been carnage like the whole thing is just i mean I, I don't even know where to begin to be honest Kay. i mean like you said it was a bit of a bit of a life change for for me moving over here with my wife and my wife was very heavily pregnant at the time and um we uh we're very fortunate to welcome in our daughter Lily to the world, and it's it's been a major life change for sure. But um, she's as as sweet and as cute as can be, and it's been wonderful. But um, in terms of the whole Apple thing, yeah, I mean it's um, it, it's crazy because we we all really have. It's funny the amount of time you and I, when we were working for Minnesota United, the amount of times people ask us, "What's going on? What are you doing? Are you part of it?" We genuinely had no idea. We were not told anything until sort of November December time, so we didn't know. Um, and it's been um it, it's a startup right so it's it's um not without its imperfections but i think so far as the weeks have gone on it's it's gotten it's become a really top production um from all the things i've seen from other uh other broadcasts and other productions um uh, around the whole thing different shows and, and and different um different broadcasts and different stadiums and everything it's been great um i i um compare it to and unfairly i compare it to other productions around the world that, that also started up that had a fairly significant budget behind it as well and everything and i would already i would put it up there 
uh, alongside a lot of them. Um, if this coverage was um, presented for just about any other league in the world, I don't think it would look out of place at all. I think it's remarkable. And and the exciting thing about it is that it's only going to get better as well. Um, so there's lots more to come. Um, we haven't even, internally, as far as I'm aware, we've not even talked about Leagues Cup and what that looks like and everything. And, you know, all, all I know is that there is a tremendous group of people behind it who really, really want this to succeed. And I think so far, so good for it. Yeah, and I think when I was, you know, early on in the first couple of games, I mean, for me at least, it was like, you know, our job is the light goes on and we call the game. I think some mm. of it was more like technologically, everybody behind the scenes doing the heavy lifting in the trucks, you know, trying to manage the different languages coming out of the same trucks, the transmissions back to the studios, to those fabulous studio shows, what's going to be pushed back to them, what's going to be, what's coming from us at the stadiums, you know, what are we responsible for? And so when when we would, after a show, we'd go down to the truck and I was more like wondering, well, how to go for you guys? Because yes. when the light goes on for us, we just call the game. You know, I mm -hmm. feel like at that moment, we have the easy, easy part once the light goes on because all our work is done up until that moment. And um, I don't know what it's been like for you. And, and you and I both are, you know, somewhat entrenched in the league anyways. It wasn't just like we only watched and talked about Minnesota United and when we covered them. But it is a different animal where you're wanting to know everything about two teams every week. Because it's one thing to sort of like have a, an understanding for the league in general, where teams are sitting in the table, who's looking good, who's been playing well, who scored the game-winning goal last week. It's a different animal to really dive in. And I, as I always say, to do a team justice when mm. you're calling a game, you know, as an analyst or a play-by-play. -play. And so deep diving into two new teams every week, sometimes you get the benefit of having the same team a, a couple of weeks already, but in general, two teams every week that you want to make sure that you're doing the justice to having the right conversations with the right people and the players and the coaches and watching the tape and everything else. How have that, how have you found that so far with the two teams every week? I think there's an element of responsibility from us as commentators because, and, and, we always approach this the same anyway, going into a Minnesota United broadcast. There are people watching these two teams. Our job is to essentially know more than they know. Um, and it's it, at times that can be challenging because there are some very passionate fans of their teams. But uh, if we don't, then in my opinion, we're not really doing our job. And, and um, it comes down to the details. It comes down to knowing how many goals a certain centre-forward has scored against this back line. It comes down to how many times the the right back has um, started this year or how many saves the goalkeeper has made in a certain situation or whatever, you know, or, or the pronunciations, player pronunciations, get the names right, you know, and um, it takes an awful lot of, of commitment during the week. You know, people just think, I think a lot of the times, okay, that we as football commentators, we, we turn up to the stadium, call the game and that's it. That's just not, <laughs> that's just not reality, is it? There's an awful lot of prep that goes into these broadcasts from our point of view. I can't even imagine what it's like from a production standpoint of view. Um, and we've been incredibly fortunate to have some extremely talented people behind the scenes that have been able to uh, to guide this thing and, and make it work. Uh, I wouldn't even know where to start. So um, major kudos to, to those behind the scenes because without them, this doesn't work. Um, I found it intriguing. I found it um, very informative. We are extremely fortunate that we get access for the most part to uh, the head coaches. Um, if not, it'll be a player or two. Uh, and I find that to be quite informative, more so for, for the analyst and, and your role, I think. Um, I've been working with with a chap called Kalen Carr, uh, who's a former Houston Dynamo and Chicago Fire player. 
uh, and has, has done podcasts and, and documentaries with Major League Soccer for several years now. And um, if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend going uh, on Apple TV and check out The Movement. Uh, he's mm-hmm. done some really, really, really good stuff. Uh, and he's, he's on the Extra Time podcast as well quite regularly. Um, commentary is new to him. Uh, and I think he's he's adapted to it tremendously well. But um, I, I think from um, the analytical side, I think that's been tremendously beneficial, being able to to talk to the head coaches and just getting little details there that will ultimately make um, make the analysts look good. It will also be a really good way to get their message across as well, which is ultimately a really important thing is, is to, to get the message across. And in my opinion, as broadcasters, our main job is to present information and if that's coming from um, the head source from from the head coach and coming from players uh, then that is extremely beneficial for people like you and I yeah and I I love I glean so much from those conversations and even just now before we jumped on I was re-watching all of Christian Latanzio's post-game press conference from Mm. uh, Charlotte's last game against the Red Bulls you know like I just I want to die. I I like well, almost handwrite exactly what he's saying because that's how it, I I remember things is by writing things down. Yep. Um, and I I just I I want to know why they did what they did in that moment. And and the rosters will change, and um you know these international call ups, everything that's going on right now in these moments, the the rosters and and why they played that way. Why did they do this? Why did they have that shift? Why did they make that sub? Like. And those are things I can rewatch games, but sometimes I don't want to speculate on why a coach or a player is doing something. Maybe that's what they've been asked to do. But if I don't mm-hmm. know that, then how can I speak to it? You know, so right. I just, I always, I always think, I, I just find out so much information from those things. And I think you and I are both on the same page and we've always been that way. And even when we were with Minnesota, we always wanted to have the opposing coach or a mm-hmm. player on our podcast or a broadcaster because it made the most sense. We wanted to give, you know, equal justice, due justice to the opposition. It wasn't just a, you know, 98% Minnesota broadcast and a 2%, you know, opposing broadcast. So I think mm-hmm. for us, it's probably been a little bit easier transition because we kind of already did that anyways. It's more just making, to your point, there's a responsibility there in doing the broadcast justice, the the analytical side of things and the play-by-play side of things and getting like the backstory on on what's happening. So um, when you did Minnesota this last weekend, I know it was, I got back to my hotel room in Columbus and turned it on in like the 88th minute or something like that. Mm. Um, So I got to see, you know, the, the sort of attempting to kill off a game um, by Minnesota United. You know, I think that um, some of those young players, if they go back and look, they might regret a little bit, not doing things differently in the, in the moments on the field where they, you know, came on and had their moment to shine. And instead of like going to the, I think I heard Kalen say it too, going to the corner flag, trying to kill off some time, come away with the points, especially with the players that, that Minnesota was missing, but then also giving up a late goal. So it almost feels like a loss instead of a draw, especially when you're at home. But what did you make of um, that Minnesota United team? How did you feel about that match and the players that did get to step up in those moments as, as substitutes are coming in for the guys that were missing on international duty? And then as we know, Emmanuel Reynoso is still not here, but it's almost like mm. not even worth talking about anymore because they've they've been able to just move on essentially without him at this point. Because what else do you do? And I think they've done really well up to you know up until that point. Yeah. So a, a few things here. I think um, number one, first and foremost, whatever the situation is with Emmanuel Reynoso, and and you and I have probably had the, the same sort of speculation, which 
uh, tends to sort of make its rounds around the MLS broadcasting world. Um, I just hope he's okay. I, I just yeah. hope he's okay from a personal point of view. This doesn't even... Um, I don't even think about this from a professional point of view now because right. something's not right, and I just hope he's okay. Um, and I, I, I would be surprised if he came back to Minnesota United. I have no inside information or anything. I just, um, it, it just seems as though um, his mind is is potentially elsewhere right now, and, and I just hope he's okay. Um, but we spoke to Will Trapp about it. I was fortunate enough myself and Kalen took a, a very early flight from New York City on Friday morning to get to training up at, at Blaine. And um, I spoke to Will Trapp briefly, um, came over to, to say hello. Um, and he was sort of saying that the team have, have essentially moved on. And yeah. what it's actually done is it's made them, not necessarily made them more of a, of a unit, but they've had to figure out a way to play without Reynolds. So, and it's, it may very well have made them a little more organised. It may very well have forced their hands a little bit to, to play a certain way and to play as a team and I'm not suggesting that they weren't playing as a team in the past but there was a good sort of 70-75% of everything that went through Emmanuel Reynoso when he was on the field for Minnesota obviously now that's not the case so they've had to they've had to figure out certain ways around it and they've had to figure out different ways of playing and um, I, I actually think it's, um, it's it's not been as detrimental to them as many would have assumed actually but look of course that they're going to miss somebody like Reynoso for me he was top three, number 10 in Major League Soccer. So, um, of course, you're going to miss somebody like that. Um, I thought the fact that Major League Soccer played this weekend, I thought, was was questionable. Um, I think we're all in, in a agreement there. We There were, what was it? The, there were 90 players away on international duty this weekend. And I thought we'd gone past this. I thought we weren't playing through international breaks anymore. Um, I understand the counter-argument of the League's Cup is going to take a month up of the season. Um, but in my opinion, there are plenty of Wednesdays available. Um, so I don't know if the league are trying to avoid that or something. I have no idea. But um, the, also the counter argument as well there is that what this provided was a stage for MLS Next Pro. Um, because I know in your game, you had several players score their first goals in Major League Soccer and, and on their debuts and what have you. And in, uh, in Minnesota, we had several players coming from MLS Next Pro and did awfully well. Um so it was a good advertisement for, for those players, for sure, and, and what MLS Next Pro is and what it's becoming. And and that's important as well. Um, but I, I thought it was it was obviously not a prime example of what Minnesota United are going to be this year. Um, there were obviously eight international players away, seven of which started against Colorado the week prior. Um, and I thought Minnesota still had a decent team. Like the 11 they, they put out there was actually still not a bad team whatsoever and very nearly got the three points up until the legitimately the last kick of the game. Um, but it seemed a little more rigid. It seemed a little limited compared to, to what it would have been had they have had the players that they usually have available to them. But there were some good players. I thought Cameron Dunbar gave a good example of himself. He, um, I think we'll see more of him uh, amongst the MLS team this year. Um, I thought Franco Fragapane showed an element of seniority, um, as did Brent Coleman. I thought he, he deputised extremely well, as he always tends to do. Um, I'll be honest, I thought Clint Irwin was fine, um, but I, in my opinion, he looked like a goalkeeper that hadn't played a lot of minutes over the, the last couple of years. And, and that's just down to him not being sharp. He's a, a, a really good goalkeeper, um, was operating at a very high level with Colorado and Toronto for many a year, 
Um, I can't believe he's gone in as a number two. I, I still think he's a number one goalkeeper somewhere, but shows how much he thinks of the club and the opportunity. But um, I, I thought he, he didn't look um, 100%. Um, and, and that's because he is a second-choice goalkeeper right now. And he's going to have to figure out how to manage that for sure. But um, I, I honestly thought it was... It was a, a decent performance. Um, Mende Garcia took his goal very well. I think that's going to present the question mark in, in a positive light to Adrian Heath moving forward because the goal he scored, Kay, I thought was very, very reminiscent of an actual centre forward. And to my knowledge, he's more comfortable in the wide areas. So, um, as I say, I think from a positive point of view, that's that's going to give Adrian Heath a head-scratching moment because um, he he should be starting. I, I thought he did, did quite well. Um, but as I say, I, I thought... Minnesota sort of reverted back to their old ways in in, a, in, in some senses. I know they changed to a four four two, which is nothing new to them because they've defended in a four four two for years. Um, but Vancouver played really really narrow, and everything came through the centre of midfield. Um, Alessandro Schupf, um, whenever he got on the ball, um, it was always through the centre of midfield. Sebastian Berhalter was pinging the balls into the wide areas when he, when he could, but even when they were pinged into the wide areas, the players would always bring it back inside. Um, and so um, I, I, I thought Minnesota took advantage of that when they recognised that uh, and the fullbacks got forward, in particular Valentin, um, who crossed for, for the goal for Garcia. Um, and I thought he did really well, but it was obvious after about 20, 25 minutes, it was obvious that Vancouver were, were playing a narrow game and they, they played the, the Christmas tree formation. And I think um, eventually the, the message was to get the ball into the wide areas. But, um, you know, Zanik Valentin is he's 31, 32 years of age now. Um, it, it's a, a tough ask for him to get up and down. Um, but I thought he did really well. And um, it, look, it was a good performance. But ultimately, I, I thought it was a fair result, to be honest, Kay, because Vancouver had several chances. Brian White could have conceivably scored a hat-trick. He had several opportunities, hit the, the crossbar in the opening minute. So I thought a draw was a fair result. Um, and I, I'm not sure many would disagree with that. I think where the fingers will be pointed will be towards the officials because I don't know where six minutes came from. And um, also as well, during the, the course of those six minutes, our producer got in our ear and said, we're actually been told there's going to be a further minute added on here. And I don't know where that came from, but um, I think that's where the fingers will be pointed more than anything is the officials rather than the, the Minnesota United individuals on the field. Yeah, and I, you know, watching the end of the game, and I understand the frustration in that moment. And I'm sure after they were able to take a deep breath, I'm sure all of the the, the players and the coaching staff are able to sort of take a collective, you know, sigh and regroup and say, you know, four minutes, five minutes, six minutes, you know, we sh- we have to find a way to get the result, especially at home. And you know, you're understanding, and you and you're missing a lot of players in that moment. And at that exact time, I mean, how many times have we called games? And you're watching the clock tick off, and you're like. What in the world, especially when there hasn't been any additional substitutions, injuries, things that would cause more time added to the clock. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the officials just giving a written statement that it was at least six, six minutes and 30 seconds and then an adi- or whatever it was, you know. Yeah. Um, and I know they have their own evaluations and meetings and things like that. The, the officials do. But in the moment, that doesn't make you feel any better about it, knowing that, you know, the, the ref might uh, get a slap on the wrist after the fact when it's results in real points. And it's early in the season. But those points can come back to bite you um, in the end. So I think, um, how, how did it feel to see Hassani Dotson back out there? And I know he might be a little frustrated and disappointed because he didn't get to be out there with the full starting group compliment. You're, you're playing a different style of play. You're, you know, you go in with the mindset that you want to get the win at home, but you also know that those aren't the normal 
guys that are going to be around him all the time. But how did you, how did it feel to see him back out there? Yeah, it was, it was great because let's not forget you and I were at the training session where he did his ACL and we, we heard the, the groans and the screams and, and the um, not so pleasant moment when it, when it occurred. Um, and uh, he said to us, actually, as we, we were talking earlier on about this player availability, he was one of the players that spoke to us on Thursday afternoon. And, and he, um, he said to us that he's around about 90 to 95% comfortable now because um, I, I guess, I mean, I, I, have had knee injuries in the past, but nothing, nothing like that. And um, speaking to to players that have had that injury, um, they they said that it does take time when you plant your foot and when your cleats can potentially get caught and you get. Um, it takes time to to get comfortable with turning and trusting your body and trusting your mindset and everything. And so, as Sammy Dotson said, he was he was about ninety to ninety five percent comfortable. Um, but it's it's taken him time to get comfortable for sure. So he, he was he was fine. Um, you know, I, I don't think he was as abrasive as um as I've seen him in the past. Um but as I say, I don't know if that was because the the obvious thing that Minnesota did was was moving the ball into the wide areas. I don't know if he was told to, to sit not present not not as deep as, as World Trap, but sit a little deeper. Um there were times when he, he would move forward in transition um, and, and very much was to Hassani Dotson that we've all know to, um, to come and love. Um, but um, he was he was fine and it was just really good to see him out there. And, and I, I hope the recovery has gone the way that he wanted it to. Uh, I, I hope to see him um, continue to grow. Uh, and there was one time actually I, I wondered this, okay, when we were mid-match and um, Hassani Dotson got the better of Julian Gressel several times. And I thought to myself, Julian Gressel has just made his debut for the national team in the January camp. I think he got two caps. Um, I'm not suggesting that Hassani should be thrust into the roster straight away, but I kind of thought to myself, I, I hope that he gets back to the level that he was because at that level, Hassani Dotson, I thought to myself, he's certainly worth a look for the national team. And again, I'm not suggesting he should be starting over Tyler Adams or Weston McKenney or anything like that, but He's certainly worth a look, in my opinion. So I, I, I hope he gets back to the trajectory where he was before the injury. And I want to ask you real quick, because, um, you know, I think that we, we're familiar and so familiar with the Western Conference. You just did two Western Conference teams, but also both of us have had a slew of Eastern Conference games this far this season. Mm. What's been the most surprising for you, positive or negative? I mean, everyone's talking about St. Louis, right, as an expansion mm-hmm. side. That's an easy, easy shout. Maybe Sporting Kansas City and the way they looked the last game, and and they're just not what I thought they would be the way they ended last season um, with the group that they had, especially from a defensive standpoint. I mean, Peter Vermees has to be pulling his hair out. And then also in the Eastern Conference, you had a slew of Eastern Conference games. What's who 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 do people listening to this podcast need to pay attention to in the East as well? Well, the, the obvious one that people need to pay attention to now would, would be the Revs, and, and I, I don't say that because I've got a, a plethora of their games coming up. Um, they, uh, <laughs> they they are they are top of the Eastern Conference for a reason, and I don't think anybody expected them to to be towards the top. I, I think many expected them to return towards the playoff picture. Um, and I, I, here we are talking playoffs and we're five or six games in, but um, I, I think it, it's been a surprise considering the players that they've played, the players that they haven't played as well. Um, Brioni has has hardly seen the field. Altidore's mm-hmm. hardly had a sniff. Carlos Heel has, has been injured and missed several games. Um, the main threat for the Rebs has, has been in the, in the, the wide areas through the fullbacks. Um, Brandon Bay, a former Minneapolis City player, 
Um, and um, and Dewan Jones, who was another player that made his national team debut in that January camp. So, um, you know, I, I would say those two have been the real threats for sure. And um, uh, that those would be ones I would I would pay particular attention to as well. Cincinnati as well. I, I think everybody thought they would be be good again this year, but um, I've actually got I've got Reb Cincinnati in a couple of weeks, Kate, and I think that's going to be a top of the East clash. And I'm really excited about that one because. Um, Brandon Vasquez for me is is top draw, um, and we all know what Luciano Acosta can do. Um, Barreal has has caused problems as well, but um, it, it's very it's very obvious to to say the sort of the top three in the in the East now because you know Atlanta as as you have seen have have seemed to have rediscovered what they were in the past, and, and that's I'm assuming a bit Until easier. Until the Columbus game. Winner. Well, Until sure, the Columbus yes, game. I mean, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. You're missing really two starters in Tiago Almada yeah. and. Miles Robinson, they should never put a performance out like that. That was like no. abysmal. I know they were missing seven or eight guys like on the roster, but guys that actually mm. had played a lot, I, I would be, I would be pretty disappointed in myself if I was Atlanta United, but I do think when they are on form, which we saw, you know, we have seen and you have Tiago mm. in there, that's, it makes a difference, but I think the East is going to be feisty right down to the the end. East is, is insane right now. And, um, I, uh, I I did Miami a couple of weeks ago at New York City, and I, and I think they um, they've improved drastically. Um, I, I'm still not again convinced they're going to be a top three seed or anything, but um, I, I would I would fancy them to cause a few upsets. Joseph Martinez, once he gets a little sharper, I think is is going to cause some problems again. Um, and, and New York City FC as well, Kay. I mean, the, um, they they've got some bodies in that they desperately needed. Um, Santiago Rodriguez is is a such an delightful little footballer that, that creates things out of nothing. Um, Pereira cutting in from the right-hand side, Pellegrini from the left. The thing that New York City have seen it is a centre-forwards um, because the two players behind that, that attacking unit, Parks and Sands, I would argue have been up there with some of the best central midfielders in Major League Soccer so far. So once they get the centre-forward figured out, suggestions are they're going to do that here fairly soon. Um, I think New York City have seen once again could be, could be a team to watch and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just naming the whole Eastern Conference here, but um, <laughs> the, the, the previous and prior two that I'd mentioned, I think are, are, are worth a watch for sure. The New England Revolution and FC Cincinnati. Yeah, and I think, you know, just a quick shout on on the Western Conference, because clearly Minnesota, I think, currently sitting in the fourth position coming off that draw. I think Colorado has probably been immensely disappointing. And I think if you asked Robin Frazier, he'd, he'd say the, the same for what they've, accomplished or not accomplished so far now in his in his few, couple of years in Seattle flying without their main guys you know Jordan Morris mm. getting four goals LAFC just kind of still doing their thing um I'll be curious to see if they can keep this up for the whole the whole season I mean talent wise it looks like they should um but Austin's been a little bit up and down I don't know I just think that um that is the beauty of this league is the parity in it and we, you and I have said yes. that since day one I mean six years ago um, when we were thrown into the Minnesota United job, now it's year seven of since we've been around. It's th- this league is built on parity, and the talent keeps getting better, but the parity still exists. Some of that's roster structures, salary structures, and some of it is just the quality in this league. Whether it's internationals, whether it's um, younger players coming up through academies and MLS Next Pro, whether it's MLS veterans. You know, mm. I I just think it's such a, an insane combination that this te- this season and this this league has been built on. It's been that's why it makes it so fun. You can literally go into every game and not know what you're going to get. Like I had no clue that that was going to be the result with Columbus Atlanta, 
you know, even with Atlanta missing who they were missing, Columbus starting guys and Superman getting a couple goals, you know, in his return to Mm -hmm. MLS for Columbus crew. So I think there's just, you just, that's why you play the games. And it sounds like you, you know, we're mocking that statement, but it is, it is really true. That is why you play the games. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think this is right, Carrie. I don't think there's been a back-to-back winner in Major League Soccer since 2011-2012. I can't remember. I know there was that period where the Sounders in Toronto had finals. They were in the final. Before. Yeah, I think they were yeah. in the final, but then they didn't win it or something like that. Yeah. I, think, I think you're right. So, I, I, And that sort of, in my opinion, tells its own story, really, and, and back to your point with regards to, to parity. But in, in terms of Minnesota, okay, I mean, I, I think they're fine. I really do. Um, they're still undefeated. I, I know next week's going to be very difficult for them in St. Louis. But um, Can I they be the be spoiler? They'll make headlines. <laughs> I mean... I don't know. Well, that's... I, I, maybe, but I mean, um, I'm interested to see what the approach is because uh, St. Louis are so high pressed. They, they really, don't really pass the ball to the center forward. To Joao Klaus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll help for sure, that's, yeah. But, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's going to be a really tough test. But honestly, I, I think Minnesota will be fine, especially when they get all the international players back again. I, I, I would see them where, where they have been the last couple of years and just outside the top four. If they get into the top four, amazing. But um, they're a playoff team. Um, and, you know, I, I still think they, they could probably do with a centre four. But but maybe Mendy Garcia is, is that now. I don't, I don't know. It, it's still early days. But um, I, I thought Tapius uh, looked really, really good. Um, a cut above. Um, but I uh, honestly, I, I think they're fine with what they have. And... Um, Again, I can see them being a playoff team for sure. I think so too. I mean, I know when I saw the Minnesota United game that I did, and again, that wasn't necessarily true representative in the sense that there was snow on the field and things, but, right. you know, dealing with the the high press of the Red Bulls in that game. And I think it took Tapias maybe a, a minute to just realize like, you're not gonna be able to play out of the back with the ball at your feet. You know, there's snow on the ground. Like, so just being more cognizant, I mean, the Red Bulls came out hot in that game and it probably could have been 2 nil early, you know, just the way it was like, whoa. Um, but I think the depth on this Minnesota squad is probably something that they haven't had in a while. And, and that's not a knock at anybody else who's ever been on this roster. It's just like when you look at that midfield and the choices that you have and that the fact that like if Adrian, depending on how he wants to play, you could put Robin out there, you could put Bongi out there, you know what I mean? And then... Mm-hmm. You Mender in a front three with Luis. He even said when he wasn't sure what the deal was with um, Robin and, you know, different things that, uh, that Amaria could drop almost as a 10 or a false nine, like underneath. Right. So, mm-hmm. And then you look, you got Curvin, you got Will, you've got Robin who can play centrally. You got Frank Apana who could tuck in if you needed to. You got Rosales, you got, you know, I, I mean, that I just think that they are really solid. Um, even if someone were to go down with an injury and even on the back line, and I don't know what DeBossi's timeline is now, but, um, with the four they have in the back and, and Boxel returning and Brent does always an option. I just think they have all good choices right now. So I think they got to feel really good about it going forward. I know we're only five, whatever games in, but I think they got to feel mm-hmm. good about it. So. Yeah, for sure. The, the, the fact that, that we just mentioned Clint Irwin as a choice goalkeeper yeah. for me, I, I, I can't believe he's a choice goalkeeper. He, he should be starting somewhere, but um, yeah, they are good. The, the fact that they missed so many players this week and still put out the team that they did, they're going to be fine, but they are a playoff team in my opinion. So um, I won't ask you who you're going to pick the, to win the whole thing since we're only <laughs> a week five, only a week five. But um, if you had to say, you know, to people to kind of give your parting thoughts on 
what excites you about this league in this moment. And you and I have talked for years now on the growth of this league from the day that we stepped foot and you were with Sporting Kansas City before you came to Minnesota United and where it's at now, League's Cup this summer. We just have been watching CONCACAF Nations League and Euros and all this stuff and players that want to come here and then go elsewhere. It's not this retirement thing anymore. Uh, yeah. But if Messi wanted to retire, I, I'd be okay with that. Um, <laughs> wh what do you say about this? And and tell me this, if, if all your player calls, and I'm sure you've done a lot of player calls and coaches calls with um, players that are internationals. Yes. The one thing that has been resounding is that their families can watch these games. These games are accessible. This league is growing. There's nothing better than this league growing. That is a huge piece of why MLS did this Apple deal. So we're, what's your overarching thoughts on this league and where it's at? I think the, the most exciting thing about this, Kay, is that now it is just a part of the generic global footballing conversation. That wasn't the case um, arguably five or six years ago. Um, I I think now it's, it is it is a league that deserves a tremendous amount of credit um, to where it is from from where it's come from. Um, and, and I think, uh, I, I think that the one thing which um, it was probably in need of was was a broadcast deal that resembles the one that we have now um and um you know the, the whole local tv thing was was great i understood the, the need for it and growing fan base and I, I get that for sure but i still think we're going to get an element of, of local with the local radio crews and around the league and, and and also now with the amount of content that's been produced by the, the local video crews that work for the teams um and producing things for apple tv i uh I don't think we're going to miss that too much. Um, but what 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 it needed was to to I think um, reach its potential. What, what was a, a deal like this, and a deal that can show off the league, that can show what it's about to the world. And um, you know, I, I think it's it, this this happens everywhere, as far as I'm aware, in in most, if not all, other football leagues across the world. This this format um it's a very img premier league productions format but but it's this is how it's done everywhere else um with world feeds and neutral commentators this is how it is so um again i think it's just another humongous step in the right direction for major league soccer uh and we're only whatever it is five or six games into this whole thing i'm very excited to see where the league is in a couple of years but i'm very excited to see where this whole apple tv deal is um, in in a couple of years as well, because I, I think it's um, I think it's game changing for Major League Soccer. I really do. Yeah, and I think even you know I was just thinking about this with the MLS Next Pro that you go on the schedule and all those games are right there. I mean, you talk about yeah. accessibility and ease of accessibility to see some of these young players that this league has worked very hard and and clubs have worked very hard to you know to elevate and include and um, be a part of the fabric of the first team and that pathway is a little bit clearer and. Um, so the excitement, I know I've talked to Mark Watson several times and Manny Lagos and, and, and Cameron Knowles about that pathway and what that means for these players. And um, so I think just that having, having that as well available on Apple and easily accessible, it just continues that same, that same theme, that same vein of um, it is really the world's game and um, you want to make it accessible to everybody. And that doesn't just mean getting on the pitch. It means to view it. And I think that that's mm -hmm. been one of the overarching themes and, we're only a handful of weeks in, but I think it is going to continue to elevate, continue to get better. And um, the platform is growing and um, I, I'm super excited about it. And 
I love catching up with you. Um, I know we talked for like a half hour before we actually started recording poor grace, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, hopefully we'll do this again. I just want to, you know, we can get this on the schedule because it's not like mm-hmm. we're going to just sit here and talk about Minnesota United. We can talk about the whole league and uh, break it all, break it all down and, and chat and just visit on, on what is important in the league and important in family and life and, and throw in some Minnesota United stuff in there too. Yes, absolutely. We'd, we'd love to um, look forward to doing this again. Uh, where are you this weekend? That's a great question. I'm at Toronto, <laughs> Toronto, Toronto, Charlotte. Toronto, Two teams Charlotte, which okay. I haven't done yet this this year. So deep uh-huh. diving into that right now. And uh, so I'm excited because Charlotte's off to a little bit of a shaky start. And it's funny because when you're studying another team, you, you know, inherently watch a team. Like I watched Atlanta beat Charlotte because I was prepping right. for Atlanta. And so I kind of got to see that vibe you know, and then they're coming off a game against the Red Bulls. And so like you, it's weird. Cause if you're just watching all the games or the game that's coming up next for you inherently are seeing probably another team that you're going to do at some point. And you're, you said you're at new England again this weekend, new England against New York city FC. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm uh, extremely fortuitous because I've done both teams. So, ah. but, but, but I mean, the prep won't change anyway. The prep's still going to be the same, you know, it, right. it's just, I'll just be a bit more, you know, Players will be a bit more recognisable, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So looking forward to seeing Carlos Hill again, if he plays. And Santiago Rodriguez for New York City. They are uh, they are game changers. I'm looking forward to seeing that for sure. Well, I think some of it is too, is just you know now that you've seen a few of their games, so you've seen the tendencies or like you've seen a bad day and a good day. Like, you know, if you just go mm. back and watch one game, you're getting a snapshot. You have to see more of teams to feel like, this is what they've been working towards. This is what they didn't do well in game one, but they did do it well in game two. And you can see like a progression when you mm. do end up getting a team multiple times. I think that's the other piece of it. I just feel like with Atlanta, I've done it three times. And I know that actually the Minnesota United fans absolutely despise the fact that I've done three Atlanta games. I've heard from several <laughs> people now, but um, I don't get to pick that, but that, you know, mm. I feel like I'm a little more immersed in what they're trying to do and talking to Gonzalo Pineda every week, like just what he gives you, you just feel like I'm a little more in tune with it, you know? So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and, and um, what I've noticed as well is the clubs have been extremely welcoming as well, like in, in Cincinnati, New England, New York city and, and Minnesota United every single time. Now people have been very, very welcoming. There's been uh, gifts in the booth. There's been invitations to go down into like the, field club to have a drink afterwards and um you know just looking after us and we don't need all of this but it's, it, of course it's very nice but um it, it's been really good and also the other thing as well Kay, which has been really magnificent has been uh getting dinner and getting to know the the people on the production side but also the the spanish and the french commentary crews as well um just in minnesota for me last week friday night we went down to a restaurant called the butcher's tail down in um Laurel Village, my old stomping ground, and it was um, lovely to to just talk about MLS for hours and um, have a, a glass of wine or two, have a good meal, um, and and just talk uh, stories of, of like we mentioned like Chivas USA, Cotomo Blanco, uh, you know the the stadium in Carson, the Galaxy, and just all these experiences that people have had over years and years and years of covering Major League Soccer. It's just become evident to me over the last couple of weeks that people just love this league. And having moments like that, it, it creates unity, it creates culture. And we, we absolutely need that, um, all, all sort of being in this together and, and trying to play our part in growing the league now, not only domestically, but, but across the world as well. Um, and so it's it, it's been great. It's been absolutely sensational. And um, looking forward to 
to do in the rest of the season. Looking for the Leagues Cup as well. Can't wait for Leagues Cup. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be a whole nother animal. A great animal, <laughs> but a whole nother animal. So, well, thanks, Cal, for joining me. Again, everybody, another Sound of the Loons podcast presented by Alina Health Orthopedics. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, everybody.